0: This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR podcast. We took a small little break, uh, but there are some holidays in between and we're getting ready for the new year, which means new opportunities, not only for us uh, and, at the insurance agency, but also a lot of the small and mid-sized companies are looking for a greater year, especially after the last two years of dealing with uh, worldwide pandemics and restrictions, especially in Illinois and other states that definitely put the squeeze on some of these businesses that generate more revenue. So hopefully we get through the holidays, new years, new goals, new everything. And so um, we're going to get right to it. But with the new year, with business goals, we need to go through a new year checklist, right? So for you and your HR, your business, you need to go through the checklist. We talked about this all last year. There's a lot of things to work on throughout the year to get you ready for the next open enrollment. A lot of Brokers, uh, unfortunately, do this too, but um, employers just wait until the last second to get things done. So you're scrambling and you just basically pick the high priorities at that moment in time. What's the biggest urgency? What's causing the biggest pain? Usually it's premium, so they focus on the medical benefits only and then don't talk about anything else. And so not only just from an insurance standpoint, offering other benefits that some call voluntary benefits, but you know, the other benefits that make employees stick um, in the company, but also compliance. Compliance is a big issue. It's coming down the pipe, especially with this uh, federal administration. They're going to find different ways to collect money. I'm going to walk through a process about compensation disclosures that brokers are going to be required to do. Um, and there's penalties involved. So they're even trying to collect from us. As well as the employer because of the Affordable Care Act and Department of Labor requirements, even IRS requirements, uh, they have to collect money in some fashion, so they're going to figure out ways to do it. So we have to button up on the compliance side, may not be able to do all of it at once and may be not cost effective, but you need to go through it as a business owner. And then, of course, technology. Inside our agency, we're moving more and more towards technology. Uh, we keep saying we're going to go 100, percent and that's just the end of uh, the day. But it just—it's harder to—it's harder to keep doing non-technology products such as PDFs and old paperwork. But um, and so, but we do have clients that are doing it. I'm telling you, you just have to move to the technology platform. It's just like a lot of people use electronic calendars in the beginning when they were still using day planners. It took a while. In fact, including myself, I used to have two calendars running at the same time, a paper version, an electronic version. And then one day I just said, you know what, this is too much. And so went to technology, even though it had flaws compared to making notes inside of a planner, I never looked back. And so uh, eventually when you get used to it, it's going to be just the new norm. And the same thing with technology uh, inside the workplace when it comes to administering benefits in HR. In this podcast, I wanna walk through um, broker compensation disclosure. There's still information coming out on how it needs to be done. We have the bulk of it, and as of December 27th is the start date, December 27th, 2021. And so we need to, ourselves included, need to start rolling some of this out um, some of our clients are, are, are exempt from this, but we're going to make it a rule internally that uh, we're going dis- to make disclosures across the board just to make it consistent. A lot of our other uh, counterparts in the insurance industry that manage property and casualty, so your commercial insurance, your auto, and your home, a lot of them have already done this because they're required to in different spectrum, especially on cr- commercial insurance. Um, So the disclosure is already in there. Uh, We're just, it's moving to our world. We're going to require sign offs on it at some point, but I want to walk through some of the things to expect from it. Not only from, you know, at least, you know, I have some clients that listen to this podcast. They're going to be at least be aware of what's going on and, and what they're expecting from us, but also what you should expect from your current broker going forward. It is new for all of us, so there's going to be some training wheels initially, but we are most certainly have to keep moving forward. It is currently here. It may go away, but right now it's here, and so there's a lot of requirements that need to be uh, met. And so for any compensation that the broker receives, whether it's direct or indirect, over $1,000 a year have to be disclosed. It is definitely much lower. Like Illinois state law used to always say if it exceeds 10% of the premium, uh, then there has to be a sign-off. In some cases, that was fine. Other co- the the compensation level might have been much higher. It just depends on how much premium you're paying. So if you pay ten thousand dollars, you had to ten percent of that is a thousand. So you would have to have a sign-off if you made anything more than a thousand. A lot of cases we didn't, so there was lack of sign-off. So we didn't really have to address it. Especially in the benefits world, it didn't really apply because we weren't charging those fees or compensation. But now this current disclosure law is now asking us to disclose even if we're not charging a fee or consultant fee, it's compensation in general. So whether it's direct, indirect commissions from a carrier, commissions from a wholesaler, whatever it might be, we have to now start disclosing it. It has to be spelled out for services being provided, a description of what those services are, at least in summary so there's an understanding, And then whether the compensation is direct compensation or indirect. And so if it's indirect, you do have to explain um, some type of description on there about what that arrangement is, depending on if it's through a wholesaler. It could be a finder's fee. It could be a number of things. Those have to be disclosed. If there's an update so let's say if there's employees being added uh, for example or you make an acquisition and there's a change in the number of employees which could be directly related to the compensation model uh, if there's an update those disclosures have to be updated within 60 days and then obviously provided to um, the clients and then obviously a sign off on it and so it's a little bit new for all of us Um, other channels have been doing it for years if you go to any consulting or service model outside of the insurance industry, obviously this is uh, status quo. So we're just dinosaurs when it comes to cons- consultation and disclosures, just because we've never had to. And so we'll, and I'll walk through that in a second, but. We just never had to do it so it's kind of a new thing but this is going to be for employer sponsor plans individual and individual plans medicare there's still compensation so if we offer a medicare product there's still compensation however uh it's under the thousand dollar threshold in most cases the most you would ever make is 400 and some odd dollars per year and on average it's 250 dollars per year per case and so way under a threshold even some of these small groups It takes multiple employees to be uh, before our compensation is over $1,000. If there's only two or three employees, there's a chance that it may not. So you may not get a disclosure from your current broker, um, but just expect it coming forward. And at some point they may just make it uh, a norm for everybody to sign off. Mm I'm gonna walk through the good bad and ugly of all this and and there's definitely all of it so let's start with the ugly the ugly is um the industry there's industry backlash on this and this is you know this is new for all of us we've been in an industry that never had to do it so you're talking about uh since the first health insurance product ever sold in the united states to the current times you're talking about over 60 years And so we've never had to worry about this. And so this poses privacy issues, and then some of the conversations indirectly related to the premiums for the client. So now all of a sudden, you have disclosures that could uh, indirectly represent how much somebody's actually paying for their premiums, which could be a privacy issue for some. Others don't care, but uh, for others, it could be definitely a private thing. The broker community also feels that, uh, I wouldn't say everybody, but they never had to disclose it. They they don't want their clients to know how much they make, and I've always been against this. But uh, I but I personally know brokers that really felt uncomfortable talking about compensation uh, to their clients just because um, and they never had to deal with it. And so, but the reality is, it should have always been disclosed. And just now we're being forced to, and there's penalties behind it. Let's go through the bad. Uh, the bad um, we are. In some cases, grossly underpaid for the services that we provide uh, happens a ton in our office. Unfortunately, uh, we provide services that we're that we just haven't charged for. Uh, we will most likely, or we will be charging for those going forward in some capacity. It's just that we provide a abundance of services and technology and resources um, that we're not being compensated for. And so um, there will be a business shift in in some ways. Brokers will start charging a minimum now. Uh, We've talked about that internally in our office. We're going to start charging uh, a minimum. If you're under that compensation or under that minimum, you're going to pay the difference. Even though it's above the threshold that the disclosures requirement, let's say hypothetically for any small group employer account, an agency might come back and say we need to generate at least three thousand dollars a year in compensation in order to pay for the services that we provide for them well the compensation may only be eight hundred dollars a year so the broker will most likely invoice the employer the difference of whatever twenty two hundred dollars in order to provide that service and if they don't then in some cases the broker is going to say okay go somewhere else in other cases then um it's going to be a limited amount of service there's um software that's available online all over the place and they have a free version free forever uh or free for a period of time whatever it might be there's a lot of them are free forever uh, but you cannot call in you have very limited resources and access to certain things and then in order to communicate with them you could only go through a certain channel and that's it and so I do think some brokers uh, are going to move down that road and they will still going to collect the, the or keep the client as long as they possibly can. Uh, it's just that they're going to move to a different communication style with that client and service offering. And then anything above that is going to be um, a charge for. At, at the same time, you're going to see that um, clients or um, employers are going to just move their, take their accounts somewhere else where they're, they're not being charged. And and I guess that's fair enough. Everybody could do business wherever they want, and um, the competition is not going to charge. And so, therefore, there's going to be employers out there that are going to say, well, I'm not going to pay the $2,200. Uh, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And and that's probably an extreme example I gave most of the time when we did the math that we're, we're only talking about less than $1,500 a year in difference on average. And so most employers that we have already spoken to and collected some type of data from that um, they think that the services we provide would be worth paying the additional money, and but you'll find some employers that are like, nope, we're not doing this. We're moving elsewhere, and they'll move the business. So there'll be some business shifting going on, and then there's going to be other ones that will look for shops like ours where we we end up charging more, uh, but they're going to get a lot more, and so there's going to be some business shifting on it. And uh, I don't know if that's good. It creates turmoil and confusion in the marketplace, but um, that's just the way industry trends go. So let's talk about the good. So people genuinely want to pay people for what their time is worth. And so they don't want people that they do business with to feel that they're undervalued in compensation. And so more and more as years go by in the business that I'm in, more and more people are offering money at the end of the, um, the conversation or consultation. Uh, they're offering, they're, in fact, some of them beg to pay, pay something because that's what people expect. For years, we got compensated by the insurance company. They were basically getting our services for free on their behalf. It was already included in the premiums. Well, some of them are willing to pay double or triple what we're actually compensated because they see the value in it. Now they actually could see how much we're actually getting paid, and then there could be a discussion made based on compensation levels. The clients will know more about expectations on both sides of the services. A lot of times when you have something for free, people keep demanding more, and so they keep wanting more because they know they're not paid for it. You don't call your attorney, ask for additional advice when you know that there's going to be either a retainer involved or an hourly charge. But you certainly will call your broker and milk them out as much as you possibly can. And so th- with the disclosures, uh, this is good for both parties, uh, in my opinion, is that there is now a level of expectations for services and it creates boundaries. Because what happens is even in our current office just being compensated by commissions, we, we do a certain service for the insurance companies to minimize the call volume and workload of the insurance company by doing it at the broker level. So we could compensate it for that. And so that is the scope, right? And so if you call us up and say, hey, we need a template for 125 document, or we need a template for employee handbook, or you need disclosures and somebody we those are resources that we have, right? So now you're going back beyond the scope of what the insurance company's really compensating us for. So therefore we should be compensated for that because we're paying for that service. In some cases we make enough on the case. At a certain point there's in lack of better terms of law diminishing returns. And so we're we're compensated a certain amount. Anything above that is uh, good for us. Uh, we could we could provide more value and time and services to our clients, but at certain points we could provide those and not have to worry about any charges. But you, you may notice that some of those boundaries will be set and then everybody's on the same page. Service consultants have been doing this for years. They give a scope of what the work is, how much the charge is going to be. If it, it doesn't match the scope, uh, in some cases it could be pro and they write it, write it up that way. But in other cases, they have to charge more. They put a stopping point to the project saying you're asking us to do more than what the scope of, of the service was. And now you write up a different agreement that both of you agree or they, they move on or decide they don't want to do it. And so uh, it happens in all other areas of what we do, especially in our work um, or our business, um, but we don't do it for insurance products. And that's this is going to change that. And in some cases on the bigger scale, uh, so if, you're, if there's a broker that uh, has a client that they're getting paid a hefty amount. So in some cases, brokers are overcompensated for what they're actually providing, and it could be not only you know a broker could make six figures or you know several hundred thousand dollars on account, um, but in other cases it could be fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, and it, for the amount of work and services being provided, they may be grossly overpaid of fifteen twenty thousand uh, dollars, and then grossly underpaid for some way uh, for a broker getting paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on account. So it just depends on the level of um, services that are being provided. So, but there's a lot right now. If you ask your broker how much you're getting paid, you're going to start realizing that you're getting cheaped out on some uh, services that other brokers will already uh, give away uh, or provide some element of resources for, even if you have to pay for it. So that there's definitely that, and then obviously there's indirect comp- uh, compensation, especially on the bigger accounts especially when you, there's over 1,000 or 10,000 employees, there's bonuses that are involved that are unbelievable, I mean, um, more than what the original compensation package is. So now that has to be disclosed too, and so this could really be a game changer for some of the employer models and how the uh, brokers are getting paid, uh, especially when they find out how much they're actually getting paid for the services that are there. So, but, but I'm not saying that they're not worth the money. I'm just saying that yeah, it needs to be disclosed. It needs to be outlined. So, and again, the reason for this podcast was to let you know that uh, it's new for all of us. Um, expect some growing pains with it on both sides of the channel, but also, uh, realize that, um, there may be some changes in how the relationship is with the broker and this could be good and bad, but expect more as, as we move forward. And, uh, Most certainly, obviously, it'll engage the broker a little bit more. So you can either dive into the relationship a little bit more and make that connection a little bit stronger uh, or the opposite and find uh, another broker that uh, you definitely connect with and have the expectations outlined and what's supposed to be met.